Hey, it's Naughty. And I'm the Teach, and welcome to Naughty and the Teach. This week, we are your favorite heartfelt black hotties. Yeah, and heartfelt will be what we are going to be focusing on in our digging deep because we're going to be talking love languages. So, um, let's just jump right into our popping off and let's get started. So, Naughty, what would you like to pop off with this week? Okay, so um, we are recording this episode um, on Thursday, August 11th, and um, between Monday and Tuesday night, I, I, you know, I can't subtract right now. Math is not my jam. But between Monday and Tuesday night in Seoul, there was... Um, a heavy rainfall of 17 inches and that I, that might not sound like a lot, but that's what they would normally get in one month during the, their monsoon season. Um, nine people have been reported dead and six people are missing. What I found interesting is that in these missing people, that includes people who were like sucked into potholes under, under um, ground passages and streams. That sounds like kind of dead, to me and I can't imagine like walking in the street like because they're obviously used to having a monsoon season I can't imagine like walking around and being like sucked into a pothole like I'm not a ninja turtle like that (laughs) (laughs) like not to make light of it but that is sounds terrifying um and that's immediately what my mind went to when I when I read like they went into manholes like what and like the and that that it's like kind of common also is odd to me. Um, their usual monsoon season is from June to August. So if you're from the States, it's kind of like being in Florida or kind of like in the South. Um, but like obviously much worse. If you were to look up pictures, um, we are going to link the New York Times article, like their bridges flooded and eat like, it, I want you also to think about that because if you live somewhere where there's water, the bridges aren't aren't necessarily very high. But like to imagine an entire bridge flooding, very creepy. And um, like bodies have actually because uh, there's a monsoon season in North Korea. Also, bodies have um, like gone downstream and like they've been found on the South Korean border. And they even have warnings because landmines also. Um, because of landslides, they also go to the South Korean border and they like tell people to beware of that. And I don't think that's like any way to live. So I just wanted to highlight that. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say was um, the you could tell that having so much rainfall at one time, their infrastructure probably couldn't handle it. So that's where the, the buckling of the the concrete and the potholes and you know the sinkholes it's just i guess no it's not sinkholes it's meant they have they have the just open manhole covers no yeah I, the way that they made it sound in i'm also thinking from like an american standpoint because i don't yeah. know what manholes look like in other places but like i when when i was in school in oneonta they had passageways because that is also a, a highly uh an area where it floods a lot so like if you're walking if you're if you're walking on a on a road that's by a flood passageway, I can understand how you would get sucked into that because it'll be a road and then like a deep um uh I want to say like a deep moat, right? Cuz that's running through the city. But like to be sucked into a a pothole like in the street, is that those are two different things. Yeah. 
And like they, there is some infrastructure there because they have a monsoon season. But like this was a month's worth of rain so in one night. So it overwhelmed their infrastructure. Yes, because they're used to that much rain at night. Like records were broken yeah. in this past rainfall. So like, but even, but like even still, even even with thinking of all of that, they have a regular monsoon season. And with climate change, I'm sure that like they had a really they had a bad monsoon season in twenty in twenty twenty and two thousand eleven. You would think that they something would have changed drastically even in twenty twenty. But even with the pandemic, something would have happened because they had about fifty people die over the course of the season. Yeah. You know, so like not much has changed. Yeah, well I hope that, you know, they get everything they can to get the support they need in order to really shore up this infrastructure i mean we are starting to see that these changes are happening in weather in a lot of different places around the country um i'm sorry around the world but you know we'll have people who will deny that climate is actually changing or anything is happening they'll just say rain happens and it's a you know that's just how it goes i mean in here even in new york where we've experiencing a heat uh, wait i mean all over the world actually the heat wave yeah, there's a big heat wave. Oh, it's summer, so it gets hot. I mean, yes, we know that, but not like this is the problem. Yeah. So, you know. I also think that people referring to climate change as global warming doesn't help. And even like, uh, even I know like, you know, semantics, like climate change, like people are going to expect, like expect weather to change. And when they think when it's not like, oh, it's June, like they think climate change is, oh, it's snowing in June. It's hot in November. Like that's not what that means. It means all these different things. And, you know, I think at a certain point they choose not to understand. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I brought that up because when I do my popping off, it'll play into that a bit. Do you want to go into yours and then we can pop back to me? I'm sure. So um, here in the States, the Federal Bureau of Investigations recently uh, conducted a raid on former President Donald J. Trump's Mar-a-Lago golf re resort estate in Florida. And they were searching specifically for possible classified files that were removed from the White House that should not, you know, that should have been left or files that they could not find Um especially because they felt there might have been some illegal or criminal activity around these files or documents. So, you know, they executed this raid. Happens. Uh, Trump post, um, post about it because social media is his jam or reaching out to his fan base in order to rile them up. Now, the raid, you know, you expect the FBI to hold raids when illegal activity are. That's the thing. But then people lost their damn minds. The same people who we have been hearing for years, back to blue, thin blue line, support the police, all lives matter, all these things are now the same people talking about defund the FBI. Are the same people literally on chat rooms talking about let's get our guns, let's go after them, let's cause riot let's cause pandemonium let's cause riot the funny thing about this though is a lot of them are the same people who believed in the january 6th insurrection and also 
are the same people who literally participated in the January 6th insurrection. The thing that is funny is we know that these people did this thing, yet they're still free to do more of the same type of thing. You know what else is ironic? You know who made it a felony about with um like sharing and taking documents, um like presidential documents? Ooh, Ooh Trump. Oh, well. because of Hillary, because of the emails, he made it a federal offense where each like I think each document is five years. And here he goes. And he did exactly <laughs> or he's alleged to have done. Exactly I mean, if the, if the FBI, if the FBI, if the FBI did yes. a raid, it's like a very, very light, allegedly. Like yes. if the, if the handwriting was in black, that allegedly is in gray. Yes. So they are. Losing their minds, defund the FBI. Um, some people are going so far to say, uh, by the way, the former, I can't remember the title, but it was a former higher up in the New York City Police Department said that if Trump, the, uh, the, the Democrats are trying to use the FBI to assassinate Donald Trump. That's how you know. Like I feel like, to me, all I hear is oh, so when, when when people say that like um, Fred Hampton, it was like it was NYPD, like it was a setup, it was it, for murder, MLK, Malcolm X. I'm like, you're telling me that like that's real because if you if you really think that that's true, then it. If you believe that the FBI have this capacity to do it, then you're saying that all the times the people in the past have said this. And these are the same people, the same people. Now, I just want to say, nobody died in this raid. Nothing major happened. It was based on legitimate causes in which the FBI would get involved, whatever was to be alleged, whatever was created. But those same people are now calling, one, they're calling for violence. When is the shooting starts and they're in an uproar. They're also talking about defunding, getting rid of the FBI. It has no use. It has no things. Now, this also tells us that they have literally, literally been using law enforcement to weaponize against people of color. Because for them to say this raid is illegal and that raid is the reason why they, everybody should be, the, the whole system should be defunded. What does that say about all the time before? in which there was law enforcement or government agencies using their will and their power against other types of people, non-white males. This reminds me of um, Amy Cooper and when she called the police and she Weaponized said, law enforcement. Yeah. Yes, and, and no, but she also weaponized law enforcement and her whiteness and how those can be, those are seen as interchangeable to some people. Which is also something very scary, when especially when we've spoken about um, like violence and racism in the past, and how it like, and in relation to American culture, because um, or even with Terrell Owens and the neighbor who called the police on him, mm -hmm. who said you're a black man approaching a white woman. Amy Cooper, for reference, um, said she looked she looked at the man she was calling the police on, and I'm sorry, I forget your name. Sorry to this man, as Kiki Palmer would say. Um, 
she she said um she told him I'm going to call the police and say that you're a an African American man or a black man is attacking me, you know. So in both those cases, like these people know their power, um, and they're white people calling the police on black men, um, and it's very interesting how those things are so inter intertwined to some people. And now that it's not going in their favor, that they're seeing whiteness being attacked by what they thought was their power, something they had ownership over, that they're like, it needs to be defunded. And it's not even just like, they're saying the FBI. So it's like, it, that's yeah. even more than the police. You know, yeah. you want to go like a step further. Uh, we have elected officials who are also calling for the defunding and the breakup of the FBI. You know, people who are staunch Trump supporters or was elected through Trump, by Trump, Trumpisms, whatever you want, however you want to view it. Um, also, the name of the man who was with Amy, in that Amy Cooper situation was Christian Cooper. So um, we are all happy that he had that f cell phone footage because the way that she was presenting it was that if the police would have came, I'm sure it would have been not in his favor because of her whiteness, because she weaponized law enforcement against him. But also on some happy news with Christian Cooper, he got his own uh, bird watching show on uh, National Geographic Discovery, one of the channels in which bird watching would be a thing. That's nice for him. Yeah. Um, so um, mine's was just to talk about the irony, the silliness, the utter not. It's not even disbelief that people would really react to this way, but. Definitely, if you want to see the way that people are reacting to a raid, nobody died. I don't even think anybody was arrested. But a raid in which there might have been high-level classified documents removed criminally. Um, Is that how he, they found his ex-wife's body, too? Uh, I have no idea how they found his ex-wife's body. I just know that... Um, she was found. But in Mar-a-Lago, that's the thing that happened this past week. And this is the way that people are reacting to it. Oh, so fun. So also this week, um, actress from iCarly and Sam and Cat, um, if you used to watch Nickelodeon in the 2010s, um, Jeanette McCurdy, she has released a book called I'm Glad, um, I'm Glad My Mom Died. And it talks about um, like her struggles as a child actress and like the different abuses that her um, mother like I guess enacted on her. It includes you know um, how her mom sexually abused her, how her mom um, like forced her to be anorexic and bulimic, and what that did to her body. How her mom stole from her, um, and all these different things. It's a very interesting read, especially because. Because um, I want to say like between five and seven years ago, Jeanette McCurdy um, also spoke about um, the alleged abuse, the yeah, the alleged abuses of um, Dan Schneider, which other actors have also mentioned in different statements. Um, this book um, has a character called the Creator, and the the um, the Creator who was abusive on set, but. Um, Jeanette McCurdy never says exactly who that is, but because of her past statements, it alludes that it is um, Dan Schneider. So I just wanted to bring that up because, you know, I'm all about hearing the stories of survivors. And if you watch interviews and things about her now, 
um, you know, her choice to write this novel and to um, and to stop acting really helped her reclaim her power. So I just want to help her do that. The book might be hard to find because um, it's already sold out in many places. So, I, you know, good for her. Yeah, I googled Dan Schneider. Uh, ooh, <laughs> and he, but and he, he ah. produced and wrote a lot of famous shows. Like he did the Amanda Show. He did all that. He did What I Like About You, which also has Amanda Bynes. He did Victorious, Sam and Cat, iCarly. So he did a lot of those really big Most of Nickelodeon shows, right? Except no, um, what I like about you was a Warner Brothers show, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. but it has Amanda Bynes. But I think, but like he produced a, a lot of stuff, and he was even an actor at one point. So you don't know necessarily where this abuse started, and it just makes me think of like the control that these writers and producers have over the um the actors, and it's similar to managers of bands because in sync. Um, and Backstreet Boys, they had the same manager, and that manager used to uh, allegedly, well, actually, no, he was arrested for it, so he abused them, you know, um, and the other bands that he managed, unfortunately, and he stole from them as well. I just want to say, uh, Google Dan Schneider, right? Having a picture of somebody who might be abusive, see if that picture in your mind fits the picture that you see when you Google this man. I don't think you should do that because abusers look like everyone. Yes, that's true. That's they true. look like that's everyone. True. That's true. So what you think an abuser looks like, they do look like that, but they also look like something else. Yeah, that's true. They come in all, all ways. Um, but, I mean, shout outs to Jeanette McCourty. McCurdy. McCurdy, excuse me, for being able to, you know, speak her truth and find her own power, which is good. I mean, when you initially hear the title, people are obviously going to react based off of the title of the book, but definitely get into the meat and the potatoes of the book and then really understand where they are coming from with... Especially when you look at the cover of the book because she's like, it looks like um, like a 1950s kind of styled photo and it's like, I'm glad my mom died. And it's like, okay. What does that mean? But then, you know, even if you watch interviews, she discusses how, like, once her mom passed away, she was able to escape from, like, that abuse and able to make the, this, these decisions for herself and reclaim her life. Yeah. All right. So um, that concludes our popping off. Um, anything we want to say to close it up before we move on to our Digging Deep? No, I think we popped off. Yeah, we, def we definitely popped off there. So that was, you know... Not the best or happiest of news, but now here's where we get to pick it up when we talk about our love languages. Yay. Aww, so um, one thing we want to start off is love languages have gotten really, really big, especially the discussion of it. Um, You know, if you've ever been online dating or probably dated in any way, it has really seeped into our online dating experience. It's seeped into pop culture. It's seeped into conversations that we have when it's around dating. It's supposed to be these couple of things that you, uh, what, how would I say, five categories in order to really understand the way that you receive love. Now, there's multiple ways in order to do it, but we were mainly focused and we are mainly going to be talking about the romantic kind. Yes. So um, we, you know, decided we, we have ideas, you know, before 
everybody, if you haven't officially taken the test, you know, you're like, you hear these different categories, you go, yeah, that's me, that's me. No, that may not be so me. But as usual with this whole summer series, we're going to encourage you to actually take the test to actually see where you stand because it might surprise you. So definitely take a stand. I'm mean, sorry, take take the test and see where you are and do it with somebody and have discussions, accurate, honest discussions about where you stand. And with this one, with like with love languages, because... Um, it's a little bit like less abstract than like what the like your different personality type. It's really fun to guess what your um love language is, and I know for me I was like completely off, so that was fun. Yeah, oh, you mean with all? Like, well, I only I only or? I thought that it, I was going to mostly. Can I just say my prediction? If you want to, yeah, yeah, sure. So I thought I was mostly going to have physical touch as my love language. And I was like, maybe words of affirmation will be after that. But I was like, definitely physical touch. And as you guys will come to hear, I was off. Yeah. Um, I had a slight idea, but I wasn't correct with mine's as well. Um, also, I'm not going to front. Uh, this was kind of a tough one. Yes, it was because like the some of the questions, I guess like some of the questions you're like, what would I actually like? Like, what do I act? What is more meaningful to me? And then you had to really think like, at least for me, I like really thought about like a situation. And then I was like, damn, like, but uh, I, don't, I was sitting like, I don't know. Uh, what would it be? And, you know, which is why I think, um, you know, when we'll talk about it, you'll see that some of my percentages are like very close. Yeah. And. It breaks it down into percentage. So um, let's just give a quick, quick update, a rundown on how the test is. So we're going to leave a link to the of uh, the test that we took. Um, it Damn, you about to say exam. That's yeah, real I teacher know. mode. Ooh, you got into it. <laughs> School is coming up. So I think I'm. No, actually, everybody, Staples, Old Navy, um, Target, Walmart, all of y'all, it's fucking August. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I you saw... can you can show those commercials right in the south where there's school and like I guess in the west coast where there's school everywhere else we don't need to see that. Also, why were you running them commercials in June? I saw them in June. I saw them the f one week in the first week of July. July uh, American in July Fourth happened, and then the next day they were running. Uh, like back we, to school. Oh we God. don't need that kind of we don't need that like we don't need that. That's bad for the soul. Okay? That's like someone reminding you you have work tomorrow like 45 minutes before you clock out. Like leave us alone. <laughs> don't forget that you have to be back here tomorrow. You're like what the You're like what the fuck? I'm still here. Let me like, let me get out of here first. And, and mind you in that 45 and, and when they tell you they got to be here tomorrow, you're in a meeting that could have been an email. You're like, oh, "What? Yeah. You're like why would you tell me that? Why would you remind me? Those like, email meetings are so good. So useful. So useful. Um, all right. So um, in the test, <laughs> not exam, um, for the five love languages, when you, you take them, you answer a series of questions, then they give you a percentage of what each of yours, they, they rank them in order from one to five, and then they give you a percentage on how much, how likely you are for this particular uh, love language. So we're going to break down each of the five love languages. Uh, we're going to read what they are. 
give you a description about them so you have an understand. Then Nodi and I are going to give our predictions of what we thought our top two love languages were, and then we're going to read each other's uh, actual love languages. So, uh, Nodi, I'll start us off. So let's talk. The first um, love language that we wanted to focus on was, I'm sorry, the first love language to give you some information is acts of service. Can helping with homework really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she or they most wants to hear is, let me do that for you. Laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this language their feelings don't matter. When others serve you out of love and not obligation, you feel truly valued and loved. And that's for somebody who is acts of service is, what, is their love language. The next love language is receiving gifts. Um, the description is, don't mistake this love language for materialism. The receiver of, gift, of gifts thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and effort behind the gift. If you speak this love language, the perfect gift or gesture gesture shows you shows that you are known, you are cared for, you are important. Hopefully some of y'all got that joke. Um and you are a prize you are prized above whatever was sacrificed to bring the gift to you. A missed birthday or a hasty, thoughtless gift would be disastrous. So would the absence of everyday gestures. Gifts are heartfelt symbols to you of someone else's love and affection for you. Um, so it's good that we did this because my understanding of receiving gifts was completely different than that. I thought it was somebody who needed to be like showered in gifts. They do need to be showered well, in no, gifts. No. It's not materialistic. But though. it has to be thoughtful in this. It's not, it's like, how do I say this? You ever hear when people talk about how they were raised and they knew their parents loved them because they bought them stuff. Yes. That's kind of in the same vein. And it wasn't that the parents were actually doing like thoughtful gifts. It was more just a qual the quantity. Yes. I'm buying you this. I may not be really, I may be withholding emotional affection. Did I say that? It's, affection is just affection, right? Emotional. Well, no, you're being specific. Like I'm showing my, I'm, I don't, I'm not being affectionate emotionally. I'm being, affectionate financially yeah and uh, that's what i kind of thought it was was just that but receiving gifts is a whole different thing um so if receiving gifts is is really that thing really think about what that means and what that would look like uh for you i honestly didn't understand it the same way because this is this is saying it's not just about like major things it's about the everyday so to me if you are someone who speaks um, the the language of receiving gifts, you would want your partner. It doesn't it doesn't have to be anything expensive, but like you know, like notes throughout the day, or like you made them a bracelet, or I was thinking of you when I brought I I picked this up for you, like this flyer, this thing. You know what I mean? Like that would also be showering them in in gifts. Is just not ones that are like financially weight, like have a financial weight. Yeah, that definitely makes more sense. But uh, now we know we have a better understanding of where it is. And that's why we are encouraging everyone to take these, these tests. See, I almost did it again. Take these tests. All right. 
Next one, words of affirmation. P speakers of this language, actions don't speak louder. Um, sorry, actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, unsolicited comments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind the love sends your spirits skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. You thrive on hearing kind and encouraging words that build you up. And that that is, yeah, that's that's kind of what the idea I've, I had with uh, words of affirmation. Um, the compliments, the hearing how, you know, somebody feels and cares about you and the reasons why. Um, the insulting part, I didn't kind of look at it on that way. I just thought it was the the good stuff and not how the bad stuff could linger for somebody who uh, needs words of encouragement. I hope you, when you read that, you were like, mm, naughty. This is why she's like, she needs those words all mm. the time. Well, well, well um, you might not be the only one. I mean, no, but I mean, you know me. I don't know, you know, we don't know our listeners necessarily by name. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, quality time is the next love language. In quality time, nothing says I love you like full, undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down, and all the chores and tasks on standby makes you feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed activities, or failure, failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Whether it's spending uninterrupted time talking with, excuse me, someone, someone else or doing activities together, you deepen your connection with others through sharing time. Um, yeah, quality time is, you know, this is the time you have in which you are just with that person. I guess what they say is like that undivided attention. Yes, it's not that it's not necessarily that you are in the same room together. It's that it's that you're connecting meaningfully by doing something together without any other distractions. So like I know that many people who play video games will say that they can multitask. And while I do find that that is true that, you know, a lot of people can like play a game and have a conversation because in so many games you're having conversations while having to focus on the tasks you're doing it as the per as the person who is not playing the game, trying to have a conversation it, you don't feel heard. Like, so that, I think that is like the, the specification that this um, synopsis is making is that being in the same room or having a conversation while you're doing other things is not the same as spending time together and focusing on one activity and each other. Yeah. And finally, final love language, physical touch. A person whose primary love language is physical touch is not, surprisingly, very touchy. Hugs, pats on the back, and thoughtful touches on the arm, they can all be ways to show excitement, concern, care, and love. Physical presence and accessibility are crucial, while neglect or abuse can be unforgivable and destructive. Appropriate and timely touches communicate warmth, safety, and love to you. Now, the one thing I do want to say is mostly women that I've spoken with, and if we talked about love languages, the, there's a general assumption that physical touch is high for men. 
Do you do you feel that way? Do you get that sense? I really don't like touching people, so that will never be my first thing. But for I mean, for men, like they say, oh, you I, know, you're a man. Your your love language must be physical touch. No, I think, but I think physical the love language, physical touch, and like having sex are two different things. So but people equate them. You yes, know. yes, people equate them together, but I don't. I don't. So you're, for my opinion, I don't think that men like. Um, I wouldn't assume that. I actually, as a generality, I would assume that men like acts of service because all these pe- men are like acts of service um, or uh, words of affirmation. That's what I would assume for men because every every man is like, or not every man, but most people are like, you feed, you, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. That's an act of service because you're cooking for him. Oh. I thought she was going to get spicy and be like, because most men are looking for a woman like their mother. Like, okay, yeah. Cooking. I mean, if, getting, wrong, if getting to a man's heart is through, through a stomach, stomach, you're replacing his mother by feeding him. So it's all the same thing. Well, the other thing that I hear that normally goes after that is full stomach, balls drained. Also an act of service. You see how people are working to do all yeah. those things? Um, but also, then I would say words of affirmation, just because... Maybe it's because, you know... My mom told me I was special when I was a little boy. No, I'm thinking you're going to be like, wow, you're being way deep. Um, Yeah, bring it. No, but I'm thinking, well, maybe it's because I'm a black woman who only dates black men. But I think that it would be words of affirmation because a lot of men, and black men in particular, do never get those kind words said to them. So, you know, I'm here for the, I love you, black man. I love you, black man. Or, you know, or just to be specifically um, specific with my words of affirmation. Like in my last relationship, um, I would say, like, I appreciate you. I appreciate that you did this for me. Thank you for doing this for me. That was really kind of you. And he thought it was very weird because his ex-girlfriend used to it would say that she appreciated him when she was upset with him and wouldn't tell him that she loved him. So like that, so like that's really where my mind frame comes from. So appreciation was to replace saying the actual words of I love you. No, no. For talking about for me. No, no, no. For his ex-girlfriend, she would take away love and would tell him that I'm taking this away from you by saying that I appreciate you as if appreciation, she made she devalued appreciation. So it was like, you're disgusting to me. I I appreciate you. It was said sarcastically to belittle him, oh. and but that's that you know. So like, we had to un we had to unlearn that. But, but that's some. So that's why I would think. And based off of this, that is the type. If your language is uh, words of affirmation, that's the type that could really really destroy you and really break you down inside because you're looking for this is how you want to receive love from your partner, and when it's done. In a kind of a, it's a cruel. It's cruel, in all honesty, it's way a, you perseverate on it for a long time. It's very, very cruel. It's like in a lot of things, like if you think about like um, how you view relationships, if you think about like the first relationships that you that you saw, whether it's um, like parents or aunts and uncles or even older siblings, or even the relationships you have with those people, it'll be like oh. Um, my dad told me that 
I cost him too much money. So then you go into relationships and you're yeah. like, I'm gonna order the, the the lowest thing on the menu. I'm never or gonna I'm ask gonna for eat. anything. I'm not gonna ask, ask for anything I need. You yeah. know, I'm not gonna ask for any like you know what I mean? It'll turn into things like that. It'll so yeah. And to to be fair, we did not look at that aspect of love languages for it, but it there is uh, information to actually talk more about that going deeper. The ones that we focused on was mostly the romantic, um, the way you 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 speak your love languages romantically with a partner or partners. I don't know whatever you're into. Yeah, but still, you would still speak them to each partner. Yes. So that's what we are um, focused. We focused on so naughty. I said my predictions. Let them know your predictions. What were your predictions again? So we could just remind them. My predictions were that physical touch and uh, words of affirmation. I thought mine would be uh, words of affirmation and physical touch. But we were wrong. Every episode, I'm like, wow, we actually are, actually are similar. So it shocks me each time. And this is another example to show how similar you can be with the person you're taking the exam with. So, sorry, the test with it's not an exam. See, all the all the people who show those commercials time. and Dr. Oz just like fuck all y'all. It's that back to school time, man. Oof. Okay. And Dr. So, Oz, because remember, if you go back and listen, Mamet. we don't we don't fuck with him. Okay. Mamet. Mamet. He is. <sighs> Did he, did he win his primary? I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. I block him from my life, okay? He had me going on a fucking water diet. It's a wrap for him. It's a wrap, okay? No, we don't even speak about him unless we're saying fuck Dr. Oz. All right. Um, <laughs> should I start by reading yours? Or? Yeah, start with All me. All right. So, Nordy, Nordy Flower. I'm going to list the it in order, and then I'm going to tell you the percentages. So, Naughty Flower's top love language is acts of service, followed by words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, and coming in at number five, receiving gifts. How this breakdown was, was for acts of service, it's about, I just want to say also, for Naughty, this is, they're all pretty close. They're all pretty close. But acts of service comes in at number one with 27%. Words of affirmation and quality time are tied for second with 23%, followed by physical touch, which is at 17%, and then receiving gifts is at 10%. I think this is because you can give me words of affirmation while you are doing said act of service. I love you so much. Let me help you with this. Oh, bam, pow, done. Uh, Quality time. Also, they can all be like in all be put together, which is why I watch which is why I think they're so closely, um, you know, in percentage wise, they're so close percentage wise. Yeah. Um, So that is a pretty good breakdown. So acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time tied for two physical touch and receiving gifts. Okay, And for the teach. Ladies, listen, his. (laughs) <laughs> sorry but not for real um sell me yeah well no i don't like the way that no. came out that did not <laughs> did not come out white we are you see look and then you said white instead of right you see look your mind yes 
the Freudian slips. We're not selling the teach. I'm just letting you know a bit more about him. So if you ever meet him in real life and you guys hit it off, you will know the languages he speaks. You will be fluent in his love language. Okay. That was better than the whole set. Yes, much better. So his love languages are um, acts of service, in, in order, acts of service, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, and receiving gifts. Hey, Nordy, that sounds very familiar. Oh, my gosh. I think it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's exactly same, the yeah, same. Yeah, same order as mine. So um, acts of service is 37%. Uh, same as me, words of affirmation is 23%. Um, quality time is 20%. Same as me, physical touch is 17%. And receiving gifts is 3%. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I don't like gifts. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not that, I mean, everybody appreciates a good gift. It's just that it's not my love language. Yes. I also think that you, you're not very like on the, on holidays that are considered like big gift giving days, you're not big on those. Like you're not big with your birthday and you're not big with, um, like Christmas. So like if if you, those are not things that you celebrate, then the worth goes down even less. But that's why we had this conversation on the podcast around your birthday. I'm Scooge. We said that at, uh, go back and listen to Christmas episode. That's the Christmas episode. But on your your birthday, we decided that you were like Oscar proud, not Scrooge. But Uh, um, he does not even remember, guys, y'all. I didn't even say that. I said, ah, that was it. I'm just um, But um, what was I going to say? But after your birthday... You spoke about the gift that I gave you for your birthday and how it was thoughtful. And I think, you know, that was that 3% because you were like, oh, oh, my God, you thought about me. And I think that that's not something that you're necessarily used to. I, I, I do want to say, yeah, I, I, I just honestly, I, I want to be honest about two things about, yes, receiving gifts. It's so low because it's just not something that's been prevalent in my life. And I, I, I don't know if we've talked about it on a podcast about how people receive gifts. I'm sure we had that conversation before. We did. Um, it's in that conversation. I said that on my birthday, I was upset because I got shitty birthday cards because I really didn't care about the gifts. I got. I was like, you know. And then we spoke about in contrast to your birthday. Yeah. And um, so it's just not something that really happened. So, you know, I'm seeing a bleed over for how, you know, familiar love and how you might need that love language growing up from you know, you kind of get conditioned to like, okay, like you were saying, if you were told that you are in the way or you're too expensive, you know, you're going to grow up and you're not going to ask for the things you need or feel like you need to get the cheapest things on the menu and stuff. And that's kind of what happens with, you know, when you don't get stuff, you're just like, all right, maybe I'm not worthy. Maybe I don't deserve these things. So it just becomes something you don't consider, you don't think about needing in your life. Oh, no, maybe those are both conversations around Christmas because your birthday, I got you something different. Yeah. Um, and um, for acts of, of service. Now, yes, this says that my primary love language is acts of service, but similar to everybody else, sometimes we have str- um, trouble accepting. And this goes support. into your personality about, you know, you're, but you're doing all these acts of service and wanting it to be reciprocated, but then, you know, not being able to take it for yourself because you want to control people's lives. 
that's not no, what that the, says. But okay, I'm gonna no, let you just no, ride. The ending, with that. the ending part was not good that you want to control people's lives in your description. It was that you you think that people should do things a certain way, and then you can it can kind of be like disruptive when they don't do it that way. I mean, yeah, disruptive for me, maybe not disruptive for yes, them, that's and what that's I mean. the thing that I have to work on. Yeah. But uh, based on the uh, uh, profile. But what I was also going to say is, you know, thinking about all of it, and I'm glad that Naughty was able to bring it all back, is when you um, look at what my personality type was, whether it's the MTBI, the Myers-Briggs, whether it's the Enneagrams, you, 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 and you take this out, it's saying, hey, you need acts of service in the same way that you give acts of service. So, I mean, all of them saying it, but I'm starting to see that pattern being repeated. So, you know, it's saying to me, hey, this is something you really need to address if you really want to, you know, get that full love, that full understanding of yourself. Work on that, understand that, and be open to making those changes. Yes. So I'm just just putting it all together, and that's, you know, that's the thing that stands out. That's the most thing that stands out to me. And also be opening to receiving these acts of service you know sometimes you don't want to feel like you're you're putting somebody out or you're in the way about you you know like people you don't want to feel like they're going out of their way for you and I don't think that's always the case but that's always like this feeling I have sometimes somewhere buried deep inside and I'm sure that that comes from you know formidable years and stuff like that but that's just something that's just sticking out to me at this very moment. Yeah, I know for me doing all of these, I'm like, I just want to feel protected and for someone to be nice to me. And I know that that seems like a bare minimum. And I guess like to an extent it is, but the kind of protection of like being able to be your authentic self and not having to feel like you have to hide anything or be ashamed of anything is not something that you necessarily can always get even like in friendships or in family because that's why you have different groups of friends that's why like you have your favorite cousin or like the sibling you always go to because you're always code switching and like from this I'm like I just want someone that I never have to code switch with yeah I can just show up as me as I evolve they will still be accepting of me and like what and the good and the bad as I grow and you know life is a roller coaster as I grow and and devolve and go and grow again you know that's something that I know that I'm looking for yeah somebody to be there and accept you for all aspects of you no feeling like you know you have to change or be this but you also said you wanted protection but that's what I mean protection safety no but what I'm saying is the protection of being my of being able to gotcha, be my authentic gotcha, gotcha, self. Gotcha. Not necessarily like the physical protection. Like safety. Yeah, not like safety, but like to be me. And that's not something that you really get anywhere. You see, like even with us, where we don't really show our faces, where but like we For now. For now. Yes, but there's still even then, there's still an anonymity anonymity. I'm saying that wrong. We're still somewhat anonymous because we are not gonna share our names. So there's, you, you see, like, we're not being completely our authentic selves to an extent. It's always going to be a persona because it's not all us, you know? So I just want someone that I can be my real name and Naughty Flower all at once. I get that. Uh, no, I definitely hear you on that. 
Um, I think for us, I do want to say that as, as far as I know, I'm going to try to be, you know, the teach, but it's going to be very authentic to who I am um, as a person and not just like this persona that I'm going to put on for this, but I'm definitely going to try to, yes, the persona, because this is how you know us, but we're still going to be authentic to who we are as much as we can through our persona. So our persona is what you're introduced to and how you know us, but you're still going to get mostly 100% of who we actually are through our persona, respectfully. Respectfully, because we do have private lives. Yes. Um, that, anything else, any any other reactions, feelings about your results? I'm, I'm you know... I thought physical touch would be higher. You know, I guess I actually don't like touching that much. Or being touched? Yeah, like, I mean, I do like hugs and hugging people, but at the same time, I really don't. Like, I know I have, like, you. I know, like, my, my, one of my siblings is like, I just want a hug. Just give me a hug. And then every time, like, when when they're upset and they say that, I look at them like, please god do not ask me to hug you because it makes me sorry it makes me so uncomfortable or even like when my parents try to console me i started being like please give me a high five because i don't like being yeah, touched just keep it simple i hear you. yes but then like when i see my friends and other people i'm like give me a hug like you know and i love like hugging my daughter and things like that so it, you know i'm sure there's a therapist that's going to tell me like work on that i am thank you yeah but, and, um but and, yeah like i know like that's just something that i've noticed but i thought like there would it, i even still i thought physical touch would be higher because, because this is romantic love and um i'm but i'm not surprised with words of affirmation or quality time because i know that that those are things that i crave um especially now and Acts, I'm also surprised that acts of service was so high. I thought, if anything, if it wasn't going to be um, physical touch, it would just it would be super words of affirmation because um, I just need people. I need someone as you as from last week. You, I need someone to tell me that they love me and I'm pretty and I'm worthy. Yeah, well, you are worthy. You're pretty. I know. Thanks. And we love you. Thanks, but it's not the same. But. I mean, the word, the other two comments were, you know, were cool, but not the same. Crushed. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So what I wanted to say was, um, I, I am surprised that acts of service is number one. Are I, you serious? I kind of, well, hold on. What I was going to say was, the reason why I'm surprised is, would it be so high for me if I didn't do all the other work? If I really wasn't looking at what I needed in that sense, would I have paid attention to knowing that I need acts of service or I need that reciprocated? If I didn't know what my previous personalities were and all the other tests we did in this summer series, I'm wondering if it would have if I would have answered the questions the same way. Would I have been more open and like it it really opened me up to really look at more than I was looking at before for myself. So that's why I'm surprised by it. But it's now it's telling me like, hey, I am really, you know, making more space and more room for myself. I think you would have gotten, if not the same, 
similar results just based on conversations we've had. Hmm. Recently or before this uh, summer series? Before or this. Possibly. Like, we, uh, you know, for context, we've only been friends for like a year and a half. So from the time that I've known you, I would think that this would still be um, your love language. I think it would, it, would, it would still be your top love language. All right. No, no, I, I get that. But for me, it, it was, it's just surprising. That, and, and that's what it makes me wonder and what makes me think. Were you surprised about mine? I'm really, the words of affirmation not being number one kind of fuck with me. But I think for, for those, uh, 50% is tied up between acts of service and words of affirmation. And they're not, like mine's just 37% acts of service and then 23 words of affirmation. Yours is 27 and 23. So I, am I surprised that acts of service is number one? Yes. But the spread tells me that it kind of, they're both kind of necessary, needed, because that's 50% yeah. of your whole, and, you know, for acts and words, that's what, 60% for me. So those are the two that, you know, we we need the most. So um, if you're listening, well, since you're listening, DM us and tell us that we're worthy and we're pretty. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, you could also advance. add in that you love us, too. We would like to hear that, too. Yes, but then, I don't know if you're, com- if you're comfortable yeah, with that. Yeah, tell me. You should be completely comfortable telling me I'm pretty because we're black hotties, both of us, actually. So you can tell us both that we're pretty and we're worthy. You should feel comfortable with that, too, because, you know, but I love you. I understand people don't like saying that to even people that they know. So if you don't say that to us, it's okay. True, true, true. Um, all right. So let's. Can you imagine someone else DMs us and they're like, "My girlfriend said they love you, and they haven't even said it to me yet." I don't want oh, that kind I mean, of problem. Listen, I'd be like, "Damn, homie. I would be like, damn, you definitely should have a conversation." Like, Multiple things could be true at once, though. <laughs> hashtag work on your shit. <laughs> That's it. Like multiple things can be true at once. All right. So let's go into the off the cuff. So, uh, Naughty, this week. It's my off the cuff. Are you ready? I am. Okay. So, I, you know, I recommended Renaissance by Beyonce. And um, in one of her songs, you know, I've listened to it so much, I couldn't actually even tell you which one. But, um, and it's changed a few times. But she used the term spaz. And, like, Lizzo also used the term spaz in one of her songs. Um, and... People reacted to it because they thought that it was ableist. But do you think that context matters when it comes to using terms like these? And um, if it is deemed derogatory in some communities, but not in others because of context. See, this is a tough one. It's, it's a tough one. Yes. If it's derogatory to certain communities, it should be something. Because um, one of the worst words for me is the R word. Are you going to, okay, okay, well, our also, word, what about the N-word? Yes, obviously. But we're not, but black people say it in their music because of the context. Yeah. So you say within the context of how it's being used. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like in, when, when Beyonce was, you, I could, I'm. Like spaz out? Yeah, she was saying like, you're going to spaz out like. Yeah. From that's what I've even, read. It's like it's like even like with um with Lizzo, it's in the context of like having fun. Yeah. You know, it's not it wasn't it wasn't used as a slur. And Beyonce and I are, are around the same age. 
And when we were younger, that's something that people said a lot. It was like, oh, I'm, ha- I'm about to spaz out. It could have been, you know, it's just like this outburst of emotions. It could be positive, like I'm spazzing and having a good time, or it could be negative to where I'm about to I mean, wall out. I've used it in the same way. I've never used it as a derogatory, a derogatory term. term. Yeah, That's the other, I, I would have never thought of that. I like I don't I don't know what's right either, but I just wonder because like we we don't like the only other time like aside from Beyonce and Lizzo that I know that artists have had to re-release have been the Black Eyed Peas when they had it let's um let's get it, let's started. Get it started yeah let's get it the R word yeah but even and even in that context they were not they weren't it wasn't derogatory because i've also heard that term used similar to spaz yeah yeah where it could be used as, as a way to say i have this burst of energy to In really positive or negative out, emotion. or i have this or you know a way to call somebody uh, question somebody's intelligence so it, i i i've i've never and i'm not saying that my experience is everybody's experience but i've never heard like you said Anybody use the word spaz as like a derogatory term specifically, but more of a just like a way to just show this outburst of emotion. Yes. And I'm usually or energy. Yeah, I've been, I've usually heard it in like um when it comes to like dancing or like someone's about to like go in in whatever they're doing. But like yeah. and when I say go in, like they're about to put a lot of energy into what they're about to do and they're about to show out and show off. I'm about to put my foot in it. Let me yes. say something to make make it more confusing. <laughs> yeah, like we're just using more like idioms. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that you know, that was my off the cuff. There was no resolution. And definitely let us know what you think when you um, you know, DM us. Um, all right, so let's do our recommends. So here is my favorite. I'm not even gonna say it, I'm just gonna do this. At this point, if you've been listening, you know exactly what that means. So how would you like to start us off, Naughty? Um, I guess you can start. Oh, okay. So mine's is going to be a TV show that I just started watching. I avoided it before because I thought it was very stereotypical. Um, it's a show called Snowfall. It is on FX. You can watch it on Hulu. It is about how co- drugs got into this country um, in the... 1980s more specifically cocaine then more specifically how that cocaine was turned into crack and how it decimated communities now you know you're thinking oh it's going to be one of these um and then you know it's listed as black stories and you're kind of thinking oh it's going to be one of those where it's just about people in the inner city and drugs it's just trauma porn all over again while it is trauma porn there are actual layers to the show. It's not just about um, how, you know, somebody is selling cocaine or crack to the community, but how it actually came in. The CIA's involvement in getting the crack into these communities. The, the reasons why the justifications, quote unquote, why the CIA felt like they needed to do this, because they were using that money to fund an illegal war and um, arm contras 
in different countries in order to help overthrow and destabilize their own government. All of this was done under the Ronald Reagan uh, regime. You know, the Don't Say No campaign where they criminalized, it's weird now that I say that, where they criminalized people doing drugs. Oh, just say no? Yeah, but, but today there's no criminalization. We are now trained to use Narcan for people who are overdosing when in the 80s and the 90s when the crack epidemic was affecting a certain community, People would just step over them. You mean the under the presidency that was trying to make America great again, it just got worse? Make what? America great. Yep. What? That was, that was the original what? person. You mean one of the white devils did something devilish? That is under the Ronald Reagan regime. And like how we brought it all around? Yeah. Is that how we started? We started with Trump. No, no. What I'm saying is, is that how we started? Because I, oh no, that episode's not available anymore. He's talking about. Oh, dag. That was our first uh, future. Episode. It was the future. It's future yeah. Patreon content. So sorry, guys. But so Snowfall. Um, very great character. The main character, Franklin Sate. Um, great character. Ah, the thing about it is, it's it's. If you watch the show, it's confusing because you can't paint him as a hero. But you don't fully see him as a villain 100%. It's like, it's good because you can't just paint him with one brush. Um, he's good at what he's doing, but it's not just, we're not just talking about selling drugs to the community. It's just, you're starting to really see how this is really decimating a community. And that's something that you can't really sit well with. So, but Snowfall, definitely check it out. It's not just about selling drugs to a community. It's literally the whole story of how the drugs get in, who funds the drugs, who brings the drugs, the reasons why these drugs are coming, and it's used to help, you know, America continue to do terrible things to other people in other countries. Yes, it was created by John Singleton. If you've ever seen Boys in the Hood, he also wrote and directed that. Higher learning as well? Um, yes, he has since passed, but it's still his, you know, brainchild. Um, and my recommendation, in similar to last week, you know, um, is to compliment yourself at least twice a day and to not make the same compliment twice. Um, when you are complimenting yourself, I want you to try to compliment yourself not only on something physically, but about something emotionally or like something about your mental awareness. Yeah. So. In the uh, mirror. Yeah. And, and then masturbate. All right. Okay, so, well, the masturbation part you don't have to do because, you know, early mornings, late nights, it's okay. I'm adding on to last yeah, week. No, no. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So, one thing I do want to just say is um, the next couple of weeks, uh, Nodi and I are going to take a hiatus. We're going to try to enjoy the last remaining bits of summer and we're going to start really prepping and hunkering down and making a plan for the next you know, for the rest of the year. So uh, we want to say thank you. Definitely take time out to listen to us. We appreciate that. Recommend us. Talk to your friends about us. Recommend this podcast. Just tell them to listen to one episode. They might like it and listen to another episode and listen to another episode. Tell them to share it. Um, we're we're going to grow and you're going to grow with us. And we appreciate all of your help, all of your support in order to help us get to that next level. 
Yes, we will miss you, and I know you guys will miss us. Yes, so we will see you in a couple of weeks, and we are excited to we're excited for that time. <laughs>